success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping each player be the best version of themselves on and off the field. And this is something that Ted Lasso says in one of the first episodes. And, and he's saying that because they're upset because they're not winning. And he said, and he talks about this to Trent Krim, who's the reporter in this process of coming over from America and coaching this team in a sport that he knows nothing about. Ted Lasso is, you know, being ridiculed by the entire community. I mean, can you imagine going into a new area where you know, where you don't know anybody? Everybody's ridiculing you. The players don't like you. They don't respect you. The community is telling you how much of a wanker you are. And your boss is telling you, or, or your boss is secretly actually trying to, uh, to sandbag the team so that, uh, so that it, it, it can be sold later and in vengeance for her ex-husband. All of this stuff going against Ted Lasso and his only goal, even if, even though he's losing games over and over and over again, and everybody's criticizing him because he knows nothing about the sport of football. He comes and he, and he says, it's not about the wins and losses. It's about bringing out the best, helping each player to be the best version of themselves on and off the field. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flow Over Fear podcast, where it is our mission to help you to rise above fear and realize your ultimate potential in leadership and life. I'm your host, Adam Hill, and it is my goal to share with you the human side of high performance. My guests share their experience with fear, anxiety, struggle, challenge, and most importantly, despite all of it, how they rose above it to achieve incredible results. So if you're ready to rise up, let's get started. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Flow Over Fear. I am pleased as punch to have you joining me today because I'm going to share some of the leadership lessons that we can learn from that amazing television show, Ted Lasso. That's right. That mustachioed coach who coached a team in England who looks a little bit like Magnum P.I. mixed with Mr. Bean. Well, he taught his team how to be the best that they could be on and off the field. And I think there's a lot of leadership lessons that we can learn from that. And if you're saying to yourself, well, I know, Adam, that you're dressed up as Ted Lasso today, uh, but you didn't shave your beard. And if you're watching this on video, you'll see that I still have this full beard. Well, I'm not ready yet to make that commitment to facial hair uh, organization that uh, Mr. Lasso has with that uh, beautiful mustache he has. I don't think that I'm ready to pull that off. So I'm going to keep this beard and just say, I'm a, I'm a mixture between Ted Lasso and his assistant coach beard. Why don't we just call it that and just move on with our day? And, uh, and you may also be asking yourself, Hey, Adam, are you going to be continuing to use that stupid accent that doesn't quite sound like Ted Lasso, but sounds more like Ernest goes to jail? No, I'm going to stop that right now. So don't you fret, Boba Fett, because I'm going to end that right now. And thank goodness we're back. I am back in my seat and back in this, and I'm going to share, as I said, I want to share some of those leadership lessons that we can take from Ted Lasso. Came to be my favorite television show of all time, and it replaced Magnum PI uh, from back in the day. So I have I have a weird thing for I guess uh, lead actors who have mustaches, but uh, those shows just tend to work out. So if you're ever thinking of producing a television show and for some weird reason you want me to watch it, why don't you just put a guy in in uh, in a mustache in there and that that'll work out. Um, I don't know. I'll have to talk through that with my therapist. I think after after this episode, but I digress. Uh, 
you know, they're, they're, you know, all joking aside, there's so many lessons to take from this show. And if you have not seen Ted Lasso, I would ask you this question. Where have you been? I mean, <laughs> this show has been out for many years. It is probably one of the best shows out there on television, arguably. And, um, and it is so because it, it, it just has a few very important elements to it. The first is its authenticity. I mean, there's just so much authenticity within these characters that, that exist there. None of them are perceived as perfect. Every single one of them is flawed. And yet every single one is striving to do the best they can. This show demonstrates that even despite our differences, despite our flaws, which are going to exist, despite our fears and everything that we may face, we're all just doing our very best. And a lot of times we don't know what's happening beneath the surface for every one of us. Even the most, uh, even, even some of the, the hardest characters to like in this show, the, the Roy Kent's or the Nate's or, or, uh, um, you know, or even the Jamie's, uh, Jamie Tarts, you come to like them because you can start to understand their story and their background and that we're all going through something and we're dealing with it in some way and we're all just doing our very best. Um, and I think that's one of the important concepts that we want to learn for our organizations or our, our, our companies or, or our families or where, wherever we may be leading. I mean, the place to start is to have that empathetic role of just knowing that everybody is going through something. And we may just want to have a little empathy to start. Um, and, uh, and so, so getting into this, I, I wanted to share some of the important uh, you know, those important lessons that I've, I, I, I gained from this show as I watched it through the second time. That's right. I watched it through two times. I, yep. You can judge me all you want. Um, but the first time I watched it, we, I watched it through with my wife and we just enjoyed the series and got a lot out of it. And, and I had to ask myself after watching the entire series over the course of a few weeks, like, well, what is it about this show that was just so good? And why am I doing a show about it? Or why am I doing a podcast episode about it right now, dressed as the lead character? That's a little weird. Um, and yeah, it is a little weird, but you know, I'm a weird guy. But the, uh, I, 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 so I had the opportunity to actually watch it through a second time and take notes. And, and as I took the notes, I realized that we can do really a masterclass on this show. And if you haven't seen the show yet, I have to warn you, I'm going to be saying, uh, I'm going to be giving some spoilers. So I'm not uh, I'm not trying to hold back on on anything that was already presented in the show. So if you haven't watched it and you're looking to watch it, hit stop now and come back to this episode later. But for those who have watched it, I hope you'll just kind of remember and reminisce with me about this amazing uh, amazing series. Um, I think that one of the things that prompted me to take notes on this was the first time watching it through. In the last episode, they wrote a book or, you know, Trent Krim wrote a book called The Lasso Way. And uh, he asked Ted Lasso to make some notes on it. And it was, it was all about, I mean, we never saw any copy in the book or anything like that. We just saw the book laid out. It was given to Ted Lasso to make some edits or comments on, on, on what he might want to see. But, um, but he only made one uh, suggestion, one note on that, on that book. And the note was that he wanted to change it from The Lasso Way to The Richmond Way. And Richmond, of course, was the soccer club that he played for that I am so uh, prominently promoting right now. Um, 
so he, yeah, he coached for that, uh, the Richmond soccer club in England or football club. Sorry. I'm American. They could tell, huh? But, uh, so that was one of the first, um, that was one of the first and, and pretty important, uh, uh, leadership moments in that show. And it wasn't the first because it was in the last episode, but the first I caught on to was that, you know, Ted Lasso did not, when he saw his name applied to a method, um, he immediately went and he gave the credit to the entire team. So it is a team effort. It is never a me. And he actually references that fact in, in the very, in one of the very first episodes as he, as he, um, you know, confronts one of the top players in the organization and one of the most arrogant players, the guy who hogs the ball and wants to score all the goals, Jamie Tart. Uh, he confronts Jamie and says that if he can find out if uh, Ted Lasso confronts Jamie and says, uh, Jamie, if you can, if you can figure out how to turn that me into us, you know, the sky is the limit. And so he starts those bookends of this entire series the theme of that leadership is we're all in this together. We're all a team. It's is a team sport and this is a team method that we're playing on. So it's not the lasso way. It's the Richmond way. I thought that was, and that last scene in the show prompted me to watch the entire series over again and take notes and just take note of every single one of those leadership lessons so that I could apply it maybe even in my own life and really kind of maybe even take it to my organization or the, the things that I feel like I'm a, I'm a leader in. And in order to be a leader, we have to make sure that we're, we're creating a team atmosphere. Uh, so here are some of the things that I uh, caught onto. And some of these are often found through, too throughout other blog articles or, or podcasts or things like that. But these are what I caught onto. I think they're really important and I just wanted to share them with you. Um, and one of the first, uh, lessons I think we can, we can get from this. And this isn't just a leadership lesson, but this is just a life lesson. Uh, Ted Lasso says, be curious, not judgmental. I know I've talked about curiosity within this show quite a lot. And uh, curiosity, I think, is an important antidote to a lot of things. It's an antidote to fear. It means that we'll start to get more information. It's an antidote to confusion. It's an antidote to um, us, to, to judgment, as Ted Lasso is saying. And in this particular scene, Ted Lasso is playing with one of the antagonists, Rupert. Rupert, who owns a competitive soccer club and used to own the Richmond Club and is now um, uh, you know, divorced from his wife who owns the Richmond Club. Well, he and Ted Lasso happen to be playing darts for a, uh, um, you know, just for, uh, for a wager on, on the club. And, uh, you know, Ted Lasso has a bit of a monologue because Rupert underestimated Ted in this case. He thought that he could easily handily beat Ted Lasso at, uh, at darts. But what he failed to do was get curious about Ted's history to find out more about him. And, uh, and in this monologue, Ted talks about how he, how he saw this quote by Walt Whitman, uh, at one time and, and it intrigued him. And, and he realized that if he could just get more curious, then maybe he would have realized that, you know, if Rupert would have got more curious, he would have realized that Ted Lasso grew up playing darts with his dad. It was a common occurrence. And then he went on to beat uh, Rupert at that, uh, at that game of darts. 
And it was a marvelous uh, scene, like of just like how how we can learn to switch things on it. Where are you being just instantly judgmental? And that's not a critique, because I find in my own life that you know it's just somewhat of an instinct. We come into these we come into these belief systems and we and we narrow down on um, on these on these judgments. And if instead we kind of step back and we get curious about that, we might be able to be open-minded to either change our ways or to get along more with others or to find a new path that is more empowering for everybody. So be curious, not judgment, judgmental. Uh, the next, um, the next lesson that was learned was also in, in one of the early, uh, early ones. And I can't get to all of these, by the way, because there are so, so many, but, uh, the, uh, but the, the lesson is that success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping each player be the best version of themselves on and off the field. And this is something that Ted Lasso says to, um, you know, uh, says, uh, says in one of the first episodes. And, and he's saying that because, uh, because they're upset because they're not winning. And he said, and he talks about this to Trent Krim, who's the reporter. And, in this process, uh, or in in this process of coming over from America and coaching this team in a sport that he knows nothing about, uh, Ted Lasso is you know being ridiculed by the entire community. I mean, can you imagine going into a new area where you know where you don't know anybody? Everybody's ridiculing you. The players don't like you. They don't respect you. The community is telling you how much of a wanker you are. And the, and your boss is telling you, or, or your boss is secretly actually trying to, uh, to sandbag the team so that, uh, so that it, it, it can be sold later. And, uh, and just as a, just to, uh, just as a, in, in vengeance for her ex-husband, all of this stuff going against Ted Lasso. And his only goal, even if even though he's losing games over and over and over again, and everybody's criticizing him because he knows nothing about the sport of football, he comes and he and he says it's not about the wins and losses. It's about bringing out the best, helping each player to be the best version of themselves on and off the field. And even if we don't get it at the time, even if it, even if it, in that in those first couple episodes it sounds insane because everyone's against him. You see gradually those dominoes start to fall. And they use that uh, analogy in there with the dominoes. They say that one domino is meant to fall. That first domino was Roy Kent. But every single one of those dominoes starts to fall and, and he starts to bring the, out the best. And you see that theme throughout the entire series. How can we bring that kind of element into our own organization? How can we look at each individual within our responsibility of leadership and bring out the best in those people? What is the best way that we can do that? Instead of looking, instead of always looking at the whole, and of course, looking at the whole is a big thing. As Ted Lasso has said, you know, it may not be about the wins and losses, but, uh, um, but it sure is fun to, to win. I mean, you can score more goals and lose just like you can score less goals and win. But when you score more goals and win, that's pretty darn fun. That's what he says. And so instead of always looking at that, that big picture and, and, and looking at the whole, look at the individual and think, how can I bring the best out in this person so that they can bring out the best for us? How, think about how ways in which you can do that within your own organization, 
than your family or any, in any other way that you might be leading in the community. Hey, everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you've been listening for a while, you know how important community and mentorship is to living a life of abundance above your fears. If you want to connect with me, hear about new offerings, episodes, and strategies to live with conviction, courage, and clarity, then sign up for my newsletter now. It's a way to stay connected to me outside of social media and bring a little empowerment to your inbox and maybe a few dad jokes here and there. Sign up now at adamcliffordhill.com. Now back to the show. The next lessons that we learned from this, um, as I mentioned earlier, there's everybody is far from perfect. Even the lead uh, character, Ted Lasso, is imperfect. He, he, uh, uh, I, I can relate to him a lot. And I don't know, I, I would ask you if you could relate to Ted as well. I related to him because of the, uh, you know, the idea that, he felt going into this 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 uh, uh, soccer club, not knowing anybody, and 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 also feeling like he didn't know anything about soccer, and and that everyone hated him. And I also related to the anxiety attacks that he was having, the panic attacks that he felt constantly. I mean, I've had those kinds of things too. I related a lot to that, and I could sense that. And it was it was very meaningful to see that in a lead character. Because a lot of times we don't see that in, in television shows. We don't see the main character crumbling under the weight of their anxiety. So it was, it was great to see that there is a character that kind of represents the community of people that, that struggle with that, that struggle with those panic attacks, even if they seem crazy, even if they seem that way. Uh, so by no means was Ted perfect. But in, additionally, there were other people that were imperfect too, that were not just imperfect because of something like anxiety or or um, or certain other flaws that they might have. It was because they had done something bad or they'd done something to hurt people. I mean, well, case in point with Rebecca and the choice to try to, uh, uh, to, sh- to, try to uh, you know, make the team become the worst it possibly could be by hiring Ted. Uh, you know, she realized that that was bad. And um, the other uh, the other example of that is Nate, who deliberately you know tore up the believe sign and went to a competitive team to go coach them, and talked terrible trash about Ted Lasso. And but the thing was throughout this entire show, when they came back, when they apologized, when they came back and seeked forgiveness, they were forgiven, and that's an important thing too. Is is that Everyone is redeemable if they're willing to be redeemed. Everyone is redeemable if they're willing to be redeemed. Same was true with Jamie Tart, who left the team, talked trash about the, uh, about Richmond, came back, made amends. You know, this was an important element of my growth and journey too, was that, you know, I've not, I've done some things in the past that I'm not proud of. I've done some things that are downright terrible. Um, and I've throughout the course of my sobriety of getting sober, um, I made amends. I had to redeem myself. And fortunately, I had the grace from others to be redeemed. And there's another part of that too, which comes from the person who's doing the forgiving. 
we have to be willing to forgive. Otherwise, if people are willing to be redeemed and we're not willing to forgive, well, now we're holding on to that resentment. And that, you know, when, when we're talking about a stupid game like football or soccer or whatever it may be, it's easy to think that like, oh, it's, you know, just a game. But where it gets harder is when it becomes the more difficult parts of life where we are really hurt, where we get significant damage done to us. How do we forgive in instances like that? And it's not, and, and that forgiveness is not necessarily for the other person. It's not for their benefit. Their part, their role in that transaction is their willingness to be redeemed. They have to go through that journey. But the journey that the, that the forgiver has to be on is the journey of being willing to forgive. That's their journey. Because if we're not willing to forgive, well, then we hold on to the resentment. And as Nelson Mandela would say, we're taking our own poison in that case. Everyone is redeemable if they're willing to be redeemed. And then the next lesson that we would learn, you know, from a leadership perspective is this idea of be a goldfish. Now, when um, there was a point in time in one of the first episodes where uh, Sam Abyssinia was uh, playing and I think he gets tripped up by Jamie Tart and Ted Lasso goes up to him and goes up to Sam and says, Hey, Sam, be a goldfish. Or he didn't say it. He doesn't say it like that. He talks, he said, he, he talks about the animal that has the, uh, uh, the shortest memory span of any animal. And that animal happens to be the goldfish. He asks him, what animal has the shortest lifespan uh, in the world? And Sam says, well, I have no clue. Ted Lasso says, it's a goldfish. And, the whole moral of that uh, of that exchange was that if you can be a goldfish, you have that short memory when people wrong you. Well, then you can move on to what next. You're not holding on to that resentment. You're not holding on to it. In the spirit of like the last lesson with regard to forgiveness, you may not be able to forgive because that person doesn't want redemption yet. But if you can be a goldfish and have a short memory and move on, move forward, well, then you can actually, you know, you start to, you can continue to live on with your life and not build that resentment inside of you. A lot of what I took that to mean was that we want to avoid feeling the resentment inside of us because your resentment, that anger, that frustration, it eats us up inside and it affects the way we, we operate. It affects the way we, we, uh, uh, we, we are in the world and exist in the world or lead. And then we start to take it out on other people. You know, where we're not being our best for people because we're holding on to these resentments. Be a goldfish in those situations. And then one of the general themes, this wasn't, this wasn't necessarily explicitly stated, but it was one of the general themes that I got from this, uh, from this episode and it, it, or from this series. And it doesn't, necessarily have to do, or this has more to do with leadership than it does with life in general. But as leaders, we don't have to be the experts. It's not as important that we're the experts of the entire thing. Ted Lasso himself knew nothing about soccer or European football. And that was I think that was an important placement for the show writers. I mean, yes, it's a funny concept because, oh, let's put a football coach in charge of a soccer team. That would be hilarious. And it was. But I think more broadly than that, and 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 I think more 
uh, more into the 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 uh, uh, nuts and bolts of it, what it taught us was that as a leader, as a coach, as as a guide, we may not have to be, uh, you know, an expert in the exact field that we're in. Sure, if you want to learn how to program a computer, you need someone to show you how to program a computer. If you want to learn to play soccer, you need to have a person who knows how to play soccer teach you how to play. But in the professional arena that these Richmond players were in, they already knew how to play soccer, you know? And, and ultimately what the type of coaching that is needed in some of those cases is the coaching that brings the team together to be their absolute best. And if you're running an organization, or if you're running a team that that is already experts in what they're doing, chances are, if you're running a, a, a sizable organization or or operation or anything like that, and you've hired the sales person, you've hired the operations person, you've hired the finance person, you've hired them all, you've hired experts, you do not have to be an expert in all those fields. But what you do have to do is you have to bring the team together. You, it, it's, it's, it's you have to create the environment for those team members, for those experts to shine on the field. It may be the forward, giving the forward the tools and that opportunity uh, and the support to shine on the field to score as many goals as they do. If, in fact, the forward uh, scores goals. I don't know that because I'm like Ted Lasso. I don't know soccer um, or the goalie. You just have to give that that goalie, the tools to be able to do their expert job. And a lot of times that happens on and off the field. So as coaches, you don't have to feel like you need to be the expert. And I understand that desire because there, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the feedback we get as leaders from people who aren't in that position of leadership, frankly, is that we might not know enough about something. We might not be the expert in something. I mean, that happened in this show, by the way, when Ted Lasso arrived on the scenes. Nobody looked at him and said, I wonder how how well he brings teams together. I wonder how well he lifts up his players. I wonder how well he does team building. No, they said, you know nothing about soccer. You're a wanker, right? That's what people assume. So in leadership, we have to rise above that. We have to rise above that sensation and that internal feeling that we have that we're not enough because we aren't the experts on the specific things. We have to be willing to be curious so that we can get the information we need to make the right decisions on behalf of the team to make sure that we're lifting them up. Our goal is not to be experts forcing our, our people to do the things that they need to do. Our goal is to lift up our people, to allow them to do the things that they excel at. That's the, that's the nature of leadership. And that's how we can, we can rise above, rise to the level of our team's greatest potential. And ultimately, that's what happened in, over the course of the series towards the end when, uh, when uh, uh, Richmond started becoming a world-class organization. The final, the final lesson I want to share um, that we leave is, it, you know, is, is the obvious one. It's the one we see everywhere but it is an important one. Believe. And this is now a sign that I have hanging in my office. It's a sign that I have in the background of my, of my Zoom screen for, uh, for uh, my, my work and the company that I run because we do need to believe 
in, in our organization. We need to believe in our teams. We need to believe in ourselves. It starts with believing in ourselves and that we all matter, that uh, we all deserve to be loved. And this, the speech that Ted Lasso gives around this in, in the show is pretty inspiring. He does talk about that. He believe, believing that we all matter, believing that we all deserve to be loved, to believe in hope, to believe in yourself. And it's fundamental to being alive. And nobody can take that from you. The only person that can take that belief from you is you. People, cynics, cynical people may say, they will say that, uh, that we're crazy or that we're misguided or that we're naive for believing in the things that we believe. You're going to hear that. You're going to hear the condescending voice of cynics saying, you know, I would cool your jets there on believing that that's possible. But in reality, they're the ones that are misguided. They're short-sighted. Cynical people are short-sighted in their ability to perceive and visualize an empowering future. It is not easy to get there. It is not easy to believe in yourself. You will fall short on that. But the thing is that if you do, when you do believe in yourself and when you pursue that, trust me, it is possible. I've achieved more in my life because of the belief and the belief that I've ingrained in the teams that I've, that I've led, that we have succeeded to a degree that we never thought was possible. There are things we never thought we could achieve. Um, and yet we still are here today doing the work that makes a difference. Believe in the work that makes a difference for you. Believe in it, regardless of whatever, what everyone says. And trust that when people tell you that your dreams are too big, your dreams are big enough. That your dreams are enough to make a difference. Those are a lot, that, that's, that's the spirit of the lessons that we've gotten from Ted Lasso. It's a great show. If you haven't seen it, go see it. I think I just gave it an amazing five-star review, didn't I? Um, you may think I'm a little insane for being a little bit of a fanboy about it, but you know, um, that's what I am. I'm, I'm an enthusiastic person and I really just, you know, I want to spread those kinds of messages. And this show basically represented every single leadership message that I want to convey to people. And it's not an easy path. And as Ted Lasso faced, you will face uh, uh, opposition from this type of type of leadership, but it is powerful leadership. It's a fulfilling leadership when you can implement it and stick to it. So stick to it, my friends. Stay strong, and thank you for joining me. Hope to see you next time. Appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flow Over Fear podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. I will be so grateful if you do, and I'll look forward to bringing you more value in our next episode. I'll see you then.